series called Q&A, Answering the Questions. And the reason why we're going through these questions, it's not because I feel like preaching to the choir. It's because we need to be discipled to have answers for those that have these questions. Your children will come home with these questions. Your grandchildren will come home with these questions. You'll send your young adults to college and they'll come back at Thanksgiving and have these objections and they will have these questions. And we need to be prepared to have answers to these questions because not only is is Christianity spiritual, but it's in intellectual. See, most people want to be all the way on the spiritual side. Other people want to be all on the intellectual side. So you got people that are all dry and people that are ready to explode all the time. But God is an intelligent being. Jesus was an intelligent man. Wisdom is, is taught as a positive thing in the Bible. So we need a balance of the Spirit and the Word. Spirit and intelligence. Spirit and our minds. The Bible talks about us having to renew our minds after God recreates our spirit. So your mind is an important thing. So these questions are an important thing. And we must have answers for the question. And it says in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Worthy are you, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and because of your will they exist and were created. And the big question today is creationism. Is creationism a myth? I mean, what about evolution? Most Christians, when it comes to this idea of our origins, do not have a biblical world view. They don't have a biblical world view. Like Darwin, they misinterpret information. Right? They have certain information and, and then they misapply it. They misinterpret it. And it causes them to ask questions like, I mean, maybe you've heard Christians say, couldn't, couldn't God have created us just using evolution to do it. I don't know if you looked much about, studied much about Darwin, but Darwin was Darwin was a was a country son of a country doctor. He desired to be a minister, but then he took a voyage, took a trip. He took a five-year voyage along the South American coastline in the Pacific Ocean. And that's where Charles Darwin veered off course. It's interesting that Darwin never denied God. He never denied that there was a God. And he often mentioned God in his writings. But he convinced himself that if God had anything to do with the world around him, he, he, his impact on it was indirect. You know, he was almost like an agnostic. 
So this, what's interesting about this, this just shows you the need for that personal relationship with Jesus. Religion paints this big picture of God, but, but the whole Bible brings God down to a man walking the dusty roads of Jerusalem and Galilee. Intimate, personal, and dying for his creation. Darwin thought that God might have set things in motion, but then left them alone. So now here we are, 150 years later from the book, The Origin of the Species. And this has caused a controversy in our nation like almost no other. It's, root, it's the root of all other issues. Do you understand this? Your origin is the root to every other issue that you deal with. Our children are being taught in the public schools that they have no purpose. That they are happenstance. That they have no reason for being. And teen suicide is at an all-time high. Shooting up schools. Mass shootings are at an all-time high as we tell people that life has no purpose, no meaning, and it's all happenstance. Is it any surprise that we go back to animal-like instincts when we don't realize that we have a Creator that created us and gave us purpose and gave us identity? All other all other issues in our society come back to this one issue of our origin. If it's all happenstance, if, if, it, if it's just molecules colliding together, then how can there be truth? How, 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 you, you, how, why not just indulge and enjoy and do whatever you want to because it doesn't really mean anything anyways. Now here's the title of Charles Darwin's book, the full title that doesn't get stated. The full title was On the Origin of Species by Means of Natural Selection or the Preservation of Favored Races in the Struggle for Life. People like Adolf Hitler and Margaret Sanger, people like that adopted this idea that Charles Darwin came up with. And you can learn a lot from a worldview by the fruit that it produces. By the fruit it produces. Evolution, the belief in evolution, has produced fruit that has brought heartache, brokenness, death, and destruction wherever it's embraced. That's history. How many of you ever heard of Scopes Monkey Trial? The Scopes Monkey Trial. This trial was in Tennessee. It was Tennessee versus Scopes. It was held in 1925. 
which withheld the law that made it illegal to teach evolution in public schools. Illegal. By 1987, the Supreme Court ruled that teaching creationism was unconstitutional. That's not a very long period of time. In 2005, the federal court went so far as to declare it unlawful to even suggest the possibility of a higher being's influence, intelligent design, while teaching. So does believing in God mean standing in opposition to scientific progress, as some would think? say? Is that what that means? Well, we're going to find out today. Is intelligent design just an old-fashioned idea of an irrelevant religion? Are we the product of God, or are we the product of a swamp? Are we created and made in God's image, or were we made in the mud, absent from God's presence? In Genesis chapter 126, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. So if Darwin's initial idea of... This is, so what was Darwin's initial idea of evolution? This is what it, his initial idea was. Over many generations of life, through random mutations and natural selection, species adapt to their environment. The fittest survive, while the less fit go extinct. The longer a species can pass along the best characteristics from generation to generation, the better its chances of hanging around on earth. So that's, that's the basic thought of Darwin's original thesis. So Darwin's observations, of he got this idea from observations from rare species in the Galapagos Islands, and this provided the basis for his theory. But here's where things went, took a huge jump, a huge leap of, of faith. Darwin and his followers took the, the theory one step further and they used it to explain life's origins. So in a single leap, huge leap, Grand Canyon leap, Darwin went from a naturalist to a speculative uh, theorist. So this theory of evolution has started making a sweeping claim that the relatively small adaptations that he observed in some species that this could give us, if you give it enough time, actually result in creating a completely new species. And now the theory of evolution teaches that life, the biological process, or procreation, the biological regeneration that we see in living creatures, could have randomly evolved from non-living material. So non-living things evolve into living things. Evolution is, is the belief that life arose 
by the combination of chance, sprinkle a little thyme, and the primordial soup, you know, the monkey, the mucky pond that uh, the first cell supposedly emerged from. Evolution, evolutionists believe that all life as we know it came about by mute, mute forces that, that is often called blind chance or natural selection. Life changed into other forms of life which developed and, and mutated. So fortunately, the best aspects, which I think this is funny, fortunately, only the best aspects of those changes were somehow introduced into the gene pool. And with the miracle of time, you sprinkle enough time in there, over millions of years, all of that contributed to you and I being here today. And it all traces back to our original home in the primordial soup. So let's understand science for a second here. Astrophysicist Lawrence Krauss wrote that if the force of gravity were changed by this number right here, zero with a decimal point with 37 zeros followed by a one, both planet Earth and the Sun would be non-existent. Scientific research proves that if gravity were only slightly stronger, stars would flame so fiercely that they would burn out in a single year. The universe would be a kingdom of cinders, devoid of life. If gravity was only slightly weaker, stars couldn't form the cosmos. And it would just be a thin blur. The universe is uniquely structured and specifically designed for life as we know it. Now understanding these facts alone does not prove the existence of a creator or does not prove an intelligent, of intelligent designer. But it helps us to see how improbable it is for us to think that everything that we know evolved from evo just evolved from happenstance from, from nothingness that there is no design to it that living things evolved from non-living material that non-living material could have been generated in just the right proportions with just the precise amount of energy to convert into living material. See, by accepting the assumptions of evolution that mutations and natural selection could eventually create life from non-living material and that lower forms of life could evolve into higher forms of life, you still have to have enough time go by. You have to have enough time. This is the thing that they, they always... They always uh, it's instead of... So it doesn't sound like magic. You know, it doesn't sound like blind faith. It doesn't sound like impossibility. You just add enough time in there, and that's supposed to to cover it all. If you don't have enough time go by, and enough random incidences, that they all that has to come together for evolution to occur. 
Today, many reputable scientists now believe that the amount of time that must have gone by and the number of characteristics of these mutations are so specific that it's unlikely they occurred by accident. The mathematical probability that they occurred by accident is so improbability is so great that most scientists are saying they can't have happened by accident, if they're honest. Fred Hoyle was a, is an astronomer uh, who in 1953 figured out the preconditions necessary for, for, uh, for the formation of carbon. The reason that the um, the reason he reasoned that the likelihood of this happening by chance, as the Big Bang suggests, were from uh, were so low that it, that it's it's impossible. And this revelation led him to convert from atheism to the belief that the universe reflects a purposefully intelligence. Hoyle admitted that the probability of life originated originating at random is so utterly minuscule as to make the random concept absurd. Hoyle's conclusion does not prove that there's a God. It doesn't prove that there's an intelligent designer. However, it is important to note that Hoyle's intellectual honesty about evolution led him to the conclusion that it would take a great amount of blind faith to believe in evolution. Hoyle's conclusion then suggests that it takes much more faith to believe in evolution than it does in a purposeful designer. Fossils. They always bring up fossils. They always they bring up um, all these uh, evidence of, of evolution. Is there evidence and evolution in fossils? So over the past 150 years, paleontologists have examined and estimated one billion fossils representing 250,000 species. Millions of these fossils have been found within the Earth's um, Cambrian strata rock. And now, Cambrian strata rock is, is said to be the oldest, oldest formations, the oldest rock that you can find fossils in. All right? They're saying, they, they say that Cambrian rock is somewhere between 600 and 500 million years old. What's interesting about this is that all of these remains found in Cambrian rocks are, are, are fossils of fully formed creatures. Fully mature creatures. What this means? You got the old. What they say is the oldest place that you can find fossils. And in this place, in the Stratus Rock, you can find these fossils, and they're already completely formed species. So what what does this mean? It's What it means is that there is no mutation period between one species to another. The Cambrian, they call it the Cambrian explosion. It's a term referring to the puzzling fact that all these creatures seem to burst onto the scene at once. 
Each of these living forms appeared suddenly, completely developed in the fossil records. Not through a gradual transition as evolution would suggest. See, even Charles Darwin, he realized, he recognized that the Earth's rocks do not reveal his long-sought intermediate varieties of species. You know, one of the things, and I'm not no scientist, but you know, if the world is millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of years old, then today something turned 200 million years old on the on the earth, didn't it? And if it takes 200 million years before something changes, we aren't seeing any changes right now of new species coming on the scene, do we? Where are the new species? Where's the evolu evolutionary uh, mutations? Shouldn't we be able to fly by now? But you understand what I'm saying? That, er, er, that if, it, if millions and millions and millions of years old, today, something turned a million years old. Something turned 200 million years old on this earth. Why isn't there something crawling out of the ocean? Why does it seem that evolution stopped? See, Darwin admitted that there's completely, there's a lack of transitional fossils. And he said this perhaps is the most obvious and, um, and gravest uh, objection which can be argued against his theory. Hardcore evolutionist Richard Dawkins stated, it is as though they were just planted here without any evolutionary history. Needless to say, this, appear, this appearance of sudden planting has delighted creationists. So what does this mean? What does this, simply what does this mean? That this image that your kids have been fed to, that you've been fed to, that you can't go to a museum without seeing, that you can't watch a show without seeing, a show on the world without seeing, is a lie. There is no scientific proof whatsoever for this image. We have millions of monkeys. We have billions of humans. But we have none of the in-between. We do not even have fossil records for those that are in between. And the fossil records, there was a record um, of Lucy, remember? Um, they said that this is, we finally found one fossil record that shows the in-between states. The, the amount of time that they say that it takes to have those changes made from that age of that fossil, there isn't enough time from Lucy to who we are today. You understand that? There's not enough time for Lucy to change that much to make us who we are today. This is propaganda. None of these images depicted here 
the ones that are in all the museums, the ones that are in all the textbooks, drawings, can be backed up by even one example in the fossil world. I ask you, how much evidence does it take to be an atheist? Or should I say, how much anti-evidence does it take for an ev- for an evolutionist to, to deny God? William Dembski stated, in Darwin's day, the origin of life was a very easy problem. Life was basically a little blob of jello enclosed by a membrane. It would have been very easy for it to come about spontaneously. Darwin knew nothing about molecular biology. Today, the simplest cell is more complex than any human artifact. What does he mean by artifact? It means our supercomputers. That means our AI. That means anything that man has ever created, one cell in the human body is, is extremely more complicated than anything that man has created. He says it's a marvel of mineralization and engineering that goes into one single cell. Darwin had no concept of this. Why would anyone think that Darwin's theory can account this new body of facts? It makes no rational sense. It makes no rational sense. In Psalms 139, it says, You made all, my delicate, all the delicate inward parts of my body and knitted me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in under seclusion. And I was woven, woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. So here's the facts. Here's the facts. We know that the universe had a beginning. That's that's accepted truth whether you're a Bible-thumping Christian or a Darwin-spouting evolutionist. We all agree that everything had a beginning. The universe had a beginning. Second, the fact is, there's no fossil data that conclusively supports evolution. Archaeologists had discovered and analyzed the bones of specific creatures, none of which are morphing species that evolved from crude versions of themselves. It's not there. Number three, the fact is, there are numerous examples of the universe's fine-tuning, all of which point, which point to its inherent nature as a creation rather than being a creator. In other words, change the smallest of details 
And we'd end up with a completely different world. The sheer impossibility that this universe, its precision, was by chance, proves both the absurd, absurdity of evolutionist stance and the realistic probability of intelligent design theory. Number four, we can simply look at a, a cell to derail any notion that, there were, that we were formed from just a mere glob. Each cell is incredibly complex. Entire parts are un, unable to evolve without the presence of the other parts. Do you understand that? In the cell, the building blocks of, of, of who you are, there are parts in that cell that couldn't exist without the other parts being there at the same time. The same thing is with, true with your eyeball. Simply put, your eyeball has rods and cones and retina and lenses and, and muscles and, and blood um, vessels and nerves that go, go to your eyes. You can't take one thing away from an eyeball and still have it be an eyeball. Still have it give you sight. All of that would have to happen spontaneously. It all have to happen at once for it to have any use for a human. A mouse trap. A mouse trap. A simple mouse trap. You have a board, right? You have a spring. You have clasps. You have a bar, a kill bar. You have a trip switch. And you have a lever. You cannot remove one of those things from a simple mouse trap and have a mouse trap still work. If a mouse trap has to be designed and has to be spontaneous and everything be there at once for it to have purpose, for it to, to exist, to, for it to have any reason for being, that it couldn't evolve. How could we ever say that the complexity of who we are, we were fearfully and wonderfully made, simply evolved? It takes more... I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Each cell is complex. Such complexity and cohesion is highly unlikely by, uh, in a chance environment. Biologists are keenly aware of the complexity of life and most know of the impossible odds that are against even one protein molecule having arised accidentally. You don't hear this stuff in school, but these are scientists. Proverbs 3.19 says, The Lord... By wisdom found, founded the earth. By understanding, He established the heavens. So what intelligent design, what, 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 it, what is it is and what it, is it not? Intelligent design, and we have to be careful with this when we present, we present this. Intelligent design 
is not seeking to turn a biology classroom into a um, theology lesson. Right? Nor is it a presentation on how to know Jesus as Savior. It can lead to lead a person down that road, but that we're we're talking about science. We're talking about having intelligent conversations with people. See, that's what they claim. You're just trying to turn the classroom into a church service. You're trying to turn the science room into a church service. You know, you're you're, you're trying to. Uh, to get people to to uh, to become born again, and 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 we got to understand that we have we, the science supports intelligent design, and we can speak we can speak intelligently about this. It's not about sneaking religion into classrooms. Intelligent design simply acknowledges that complex design do not come about randomly, but arise from intelligent sources. So what's the point for arguing an intelligent designer? The point is, is bringing logic back into the discussion of science and our origins. We want to bring logic back. Just some basic common sense to our origins. Belief that something came from nothing. Belief that chaos birthed order. Belief that lifeless matter produced consciousness is irrational. It's irrational. And yet that's exactly the state in which evolutionary um, dogmatists have kept American classrooms in for decades. They are keeping our children ignorant. They are feeding them lies. They are feeding them things that aren't even rational. Intelligent design is logical. So we must demand evolutionists to also be rational. Right? We need evolutionists to be logical if we're going to be, if we're going to be logical. It asserts that when you find complex, ordered design, it is reasonable to believe that such purpose such purposeful, complex, and effective arguments came about through the inter- through an intervention of an outside force. <coughs> Again, we need to realize and understand that nowhere, nowhere, nowhere in the physical world do we see information arising accidentally. You don't see you don't see this happening anywhere else in the world. You don't see cars building them all of a sudden just building themselves. You don't see computers or cell phones just automatically just building themselves. You don't see this happening. We don't, we, we don't even see it happening in the world. And you say, well, it takes it takes millions and millions of years old. Again, something turned a million years old today. Something had a birthday, right? We know that every other context of life, that things like order, complexity, 
pattern, encryption, intentionality, interdependence, information, purpose, in other words, design, that these always come about to the agent of a mind. A mind had to think these things through. There had to be a creator. There had to be an inventor. There had to be a designer. Put simply, design comes from a designer. It's funny how Christians try to incorporate evolution into their beliefs. Is it possible to be a Christian and an evolutionist at the same time? They say people say stuff like maybe buried between the early verses of Genesis are the unrecorded periods of evolutionary progress. Some, you know, some say that. Maybe dinosaurs exist before Adam and Eve ever came along, making God's creation days actually thousands or millions of years. Others, others say maybe. God created the world and then left it up to survival of the fittest. The truth is that we're not sure of the time frame surrounding the creation account. The Bible leaves much speculation and it also adds in 2 Peter 3.8 that a day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is but a day. Right? We, we, we don't even know how long Adam and Eve were on the earth before they fell. It could, have, it could have been years before Adam and Eve fell. Right, no one died. That, death didn't come until sin came in. That's another reason why Christians can't believe in evolution. What we can be assured of is who this who is who is is the mystery behind this equation? In Genesis chapter one verse one, it says, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was out form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. There was no blob formed from nothingness. There was no sudden carbon-based bang of the universe sprouting." From emptiness, no, all of life's beginning was from God Himself who is eternal. Could God have used evolution to create the world? Not by the Bible's account. Not by the Bible's account. In Romans chapter 1, verse 21, it says, Yes, they knew God. But they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Of course, for things to survive, just as Darwin recognized, um, things, things do change. Things change to survive. But, I mean, we, we can see that our cells and stuff change to fight off different viruses, right? And, and diseases. We have antibodies that get produced. But for evolution to stand, it involves more than just change. Don't forget, you've got to have a big bang from nothingness. 
You have to have amoebas. You have to have blobs. You have to have monkeys and ape men. You believe in ape men? This is what they're selling. For a Christian to incorporate the entirety of Darwin's shoddy philosophy into God's masterpiece of life is an insult to our Maker. For a Christian to embrace evolution, many are embracing a dark, godless view of life. How about we just take the Bible at God's Word? So can you be a Christian and an evolutionist? I guess you could. I know lots of Christians that believe a host of ridiculous things. The real question should be, if evolution isn't supported scientifically, nor is it supported biblically, why would you want to be an evolutionist believing Christian? Today we've looked at two basic models of the origin. We've looked at evolution and we've looked at creation or intelligent design. Either things develop by continuous natural process or through divine, or they develop through divine design and care. Each model is a complete worldview. It's a worldview. It's a philosophy of life. And it's what gives each person meaning. It's a view of both origin and destiny. Neither creation nor evolution can be verified or falsified by the scientific method. You understand that? They cannot, pr they cannot prove that intelligent design is not true through the scientific method. Nor can they prove that evolution is true through the scientific method. And since neither can be tested or observed in a lab experience, both models, the theory of evolution and the theory of intelligent design, must be accepted by faith. Creationism is at least as non-religious as evolutionism. You understand that? To believe intelligent design, to believe in creation, creationism, is just not as non-religious as evolution is. Yet evolution is just as religious as creationism. You have to have faith for either one of them. So really it all comes down to this. Can chance produce intelligence? Could accident could an accident result in purpose? Can non-life create life? Can something come from nothing? Is chaos the mother of order? The answer to all of those questions is no. And if the answer to those questions is no, then the answer to the question, is creationism a myth, is also no. Amen?
Amen. I'm, I hope I'm make, trying to make this as plain and simple. This is not my, you know, I'm not an apologetic. That's not my, my bent, you know. But uh, I think it's important for the church to know these things, know these facts, have in, have in, so they can have intelligent conversation with people, to, to also build your, your faith in the Word and, and what the Bible teaches, knowing that science itself supports it. Right, because and and know that you you when you come up against someone that believes in evolution, they don't have the intellectual high ground. It takes more faith to believe in that than to believe that there's a designer, that there's a creator, that 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 things didn't just happen from nothing, nothing. Think about that. I don't care how much you time. You know what happens when you add two billion years to nothing? Nothing. Nothing happens. There wasn't even time until there was the moon and the sun and 24-hour period and all of that. So again, the reason we're doing this is we're trying to um, educate you guys, disciple you guys in these things. These are the questions. These are the things. I mean, some of the stuff you've seen, you've seen yourself when you went to high school. And you were lied to. You were, we were lied to. And that should make you mad. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you give us purpose. You give us destiny. We thank You that You are an awesome, marvelous Creator. That You created all things. That You give them... That You are the ultimate artist. You are a designer. Father, we ask that You would just speak to us and show us our uniqueness. That You would show us our purpose. That You would show us our design. Heavenly Father, we ask that Holy Spirit would bring these things to our remembrance. That when we're talking with people, that when we have discussions with people, that we would be able to show them the truth and that the truth would set them free. Father, we just worship you, we praise you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved highly favored and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.